Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Welcome back, friends, to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. I'm Ra, and today I am joined with two fabulous people who are the founders of Burley Bluffs. Burley Bluffs is a new burlesque organization based out of Minnesota. They're queer-centered and anti-oppressive, which we love. So it is my pleasure to introduce the beautiful Gigi Delish and Mona Ryder. Hello, friends. Thank you for being here. Thank Hi, Rob. Thanks for inviting us. It was an obvious thing for me to ask when we found out that our December theme was going to be joy, and I wanted to talk about queer joy. And for some reason, y'all two are just the first ones that popped in my mind, and I was like, let's talk. We're talking. So I want to take a moment first and have y'all introduce yourselves. Sure, I'll go first. <laughs> I'm Mona Ryder. I am one of the producers of Burley Bluffs. I am a dancer. I'm a musician. I... Started doing burlesque in February of 2020. <laughs> I did burlesque once before the world shut down. And during that time, Gigi and I had already had this idea of doing a show in Winona. And that's kind of how Burley Bluffs was born. I'm Gigi Delish. I'm the other co-founder of Burley Bluffs. And I have an extensive background in dance. So one of those people who started dancing when I was like six in dance studios. and then trained into young adulthood and then I started teaching. Movement has always been my medicine, but there's something about burlesque that is extra liberating. It requires a lot of self-reflection and bravery. Also, I have a seven-year-old who's a badass and I co-parent with a lovely person, which I feel grateful for. Mona and I both have roots in Winona in different ways, but my family has been in that area for about 20 years. And I've been in Minneapolis for about six years now. And I love this city as intense as COVID was and then the uprising on top of that. And Mona and I both lived in areas at the time where it was very intense. But I feel so proud to have experienced that and feel so connected to the city because of the amazing activists here. I want to know, who is burlesque for? I'm going to be straightforward because honestly, like when I think of burlesque, I do not think of queer people right away. I think of women in like with the giant feathers in Vegas, like showgirls. Uh, and that's the extent of my knowledge. It doesn't feel like it goes hand in hand with like drag culture like I've seen and like seen put together nowadays. That's a great question, Ra. Unfortunately, that stereotype has been perpetuated in mass society. Like that movie with Christina Aguilera, that was not mm. burlesque. Like that oh. they were entertainers. It was like pop star. It was like a mu music video. The Twin Cities is very unique in how queer the burlesque community is. We're kind of at the forefront of that movement because there are places and Vegas is one of those places where it's very cis femme long legs big chest kind of look so I'm very grateful to be studying burlesque in a community where fat bodies are celebrated and BIPOC folks and QT BIPOC folks are put at the forefront of the movement but that's still unfortunately like everything else relatively new. Yes, I agree that 
we're like really blessed in the Twin Cities that our burlesque community is so queer. And I have heard from folks who travel nationally and internationally that their experience is also that the Twin Cities burlesque scene is quite a bit queerer than other places. So I feel really grateful because honestly, I don't know that I would be doing burlesque if we lived in a town where only that certain type of burlesque dancer was celebrated. It's almost a turnoff for those who don't know that there is queerness in burlesque. It's like a turnoff of like, oh, I can't do that. I honestly didn't really understand it until I started talking to Mona about it. And I was like, oh, like, I want to go. I want to check this out. How do I get involved in this? It's interesting to know that there isn't that many spaces that can house like queer burlesque shows or just a variety of bodies and burlesque shows. And y'all are trying to bring that to all around Minnesota. So why is that important to y'all? And like, why should more people be trying to do that to make these spaces for people? Gigi and I, our mission is to bring burlesque to like southeastern Minnesota, because like Gigi said, that's where we both have really strong roots. We've talked about before how important it is for both of us to contribute to making these spaces safe for queer people because Gigi and I have both been queer people who lived in those spaces and we know how tough it can be. Yeah, when I moved to Winona, it was when I was a sophomore in high school. That was 1996. I didn't come out until I was 32. I meditated a lot on wondering if I could have covered my queerness sooner and felt less pain if I would have experienced something like Burley Bluffs when I was 21. What's so beautiful, what's been happening, is these queer folks are coming out of the woodwork and they're showing up and they're spending their money on us and they're getting on stages with us. We keep talking about how these communities, it really feels like they really want us there. And I think it's mostly just because yeah, we're being very obvious about what our mission is. Mona and I talk a lot about being, you know, AFABs who are in white bodies and how do we make sure that we are authentically supporting other artists who are underrepresented. One of the things that makes me feel so proud to tell people that Mona is my co-producer is that we are two humans who have done a lot of like anti-racism work on ourselves, trying to decolonize our brains and how we see the world. Even the casting process has been just so exhilarating because we've been connecting with all of these beautiful artists of all this variety of backgrounds and identities and even approaches to burlesque. So, because that's the other thing I want to tell you, Ra, like sometimes burlesque is really funny. Sometimes it's really dirty. (laughs) It's not always glam. With the name like Mona Ryder and Gigi Delish, I would think it's kind of silly. What Gigi was saying about our casting too goes back to your original question of like, who is burlesque for? As a producer, I want my audience to come and I want them to know who I think burlesque is for. And that's why we're really intentional about how we cast and making sure that there's different folks that are represented because A, those performers deserve to be celebrated in the same way that white cis women are celebrated. B, I want my 
audience to know we celebrate those bodies and those people. This is all bringing me queer joy. Just say, <laughs> while you're producing all of these shows and everything, you just get to work with a bunch of amazing people, right? And I'm sure that brings y'all a lot of joy to be able to put these people out there. Why is queer joy so important? And why is it important to have your queer joy seen as well? I'm one of those people that has post-its in my bathroom with affirmations, reminders. And one of them says, joy is the best form of protest. That is not my own thought. I took that from a Black Lives Matter activist. And there is so much wisdom in that. We talk about specific things that happen to our community and we all have to feel the sadness and the fear and there really is something about choosing joy when you really just don't want to feel anything anymore. It's not cliche, you know, to put out that energy. We can change the world with that energy. We have to feel the sadness with each other too. But if we turn around and we're like, you know what, assholes, we're going to be happy as fuck all up in your faces. You know what I mean? And uh -huh. when... We love being all up in people's faces. At least I do sometimes. <laughs> so the first time Gigi and I did a Burley Bluffs show, we were part of Midwest Music Festival's part week of events leading up to the festival in April of 2022. That was this year. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that so long ago. ago. There was a moment where Gigi and I got the microphone. We shared about what we were doing. And looking out at the audience, which was very queer, I went to school at Winona State. When I was there, I dated someone who was homophobic and was not out to really anybody. And looking out and seeing queer people living in this small town, having such a good time, like dressed up, it was honestly really healing for me. And when queer people are in like authentic, genuine community together, we are all doing this like magic healing together. So that's why I think queer joy is important. Healing is collective. It's hard to do it by yourself, especially when there's so much sadness happening and just tragic things happening. You really do need to rely on a community to help bring you up, which is so cool about Burley Bluffs to have that and have a space for people in Winona to go to and find it healing or those 21 year olds that are in Winona that are yeah. going to the shows and having a better idea of what spaces are for them yeah. and where they can be. And oh, that's so good. Definitely. So what's bringing y'all joy lately? Oh, goodness. It's a big been a, question. It's been a rough week, Ross. <laughs> I know, I know. We had, a, we had a production meeting yesterday and I showed up feeling really sad and I left feeling better. That's bringing me joy, Gigi. I'm not going to lie. Burley Bluffs is really bringing me so much joy. Not just the logistical process of putting the shows together, but what I'm learning about myself and the way that Mona and I keep bettering our friendship. We're learning how to communicate with each other better and better. I also feel more confident as a human every time we have another show that is successful. And I just want to give a huge shout out to all the performers who have said yes to work with us. Every single time we have reached out to anybody, are they going to say yes? Are they going to say yes? <laughs> Just some of our burlesque heroes we've worked with already, and it's mind-boggling to me. It also shows this desire within our Twin Cities community 
to spread into rural areas and connect with other queers there. Yeah, it just all brings me joy <laughs> being on this podcast with you, Ra. Like, what an honor. Thank you. Um, what an honor for me, honestly. <laughs> so what's next for Burley Gloves? What do y'all got cooking since you had a production meeting yesterday? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, we have hopes and dreams about a Valentine's Day themed show in February. So we're hoping that will happen in Rochester. But we don't have anything solidified. I don't know, Mona, if you want me to say this. I think we can say it. Okay. We have two shows in March that have been confirmed. We're super stoked that the Thaw Festival in Rochester invited us to perform. And that's March 25th, Saturday. We're doing another show in Winona on my birthday on March 11th. If anyone is interested in seeing burlesque and going into a space where you will not feel intimidated is going to see Nudie Newbies at the Blackheart in St. Paul. Nudie Newbies is the reason that Mona and I were able to start studying burlesque. It's the longest running amateur burlesque show, I think, in the country. And it's usually hosted by Foxy Tan, who is incredible. And just make sure you bring lots of ones to throw at people because we love that. I hope your performers buy a meal <laughs> and pay their bills. The number of times <laughs> I've used my bag of ones in the Taco Bell drive through on the way home. <laughs> We're really lucky in the Twin Cities. There's so many performers here that are doing such amazing things. I want to shout them out, but I'm worried I'm going to forget people if I do. <laughs> Diva Rose at the Rose Academy of Burlesque. There's the folks at Twin Cities Cabaret. There's Petty, Treason, folks at Queer Circus. The community of burlesque here is very like supportive of people's growth and open for people like asking questions. And that has made it so much easier to take the leap to just start producing when Gigi and I are still pretty new performing in this specific way. When Gigi said like burlesque can be funny, most of my ideas are absurd. Like <laughs> there's a burlesque performer on TikTok who has like a burlesque as a camel. And five of my friends have said that to me. <laughs> I saw that one. Good. Yes. <laughs> Good. Burlesque is so wonderful because it makes space for like my most absurd ideas. It honors like baby Mona, the <laughs> child version of me in so many ways. Like because I used to spend hours dancing in front of my mirror. People have a lot of different ideas about burlesque, but if you like let yourself open up to it, it's really liberating. It's really wonderful. So if anyone wants to connect and chat with y'all, how do they find you? We love that. Instagram, the handle is at Burly Bluffs. Um, Facebook, we have a profile and then a page. And if you just type in Burly Bluffs, you should be able to find us. Also email. Burlybluffs at gmail.com. They can hit you up on your personal Instagram at Delish. Yeah, I will also throw out there that we just made shirt, which I'm wearing right now. And it has our logo on it, which was designed by Musette, who's a burlesque dancer in town and graphic designer. If your listeners are looking for a present for themselves, we have shirts. <laughs> the shirts do have Mona Ryder and Judy Delish. So yeah. if you want to look at their faces illustrated <laughs> on your chest all day. Why not? Order that shirt. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and having this conversation. Uh -huh. Thanks, yeah. 
And thank you listeners out there for taking the time to listen to us. Enjoy your days and be well. This episode is brought to you by Isidore Nut Company. While some may say it's a wild and audacious thing to think you can repair the world simply by making nuts, Isidore Nut Company fiercely believes every intentional decision they make in business has the power to change the way we all work, eat, and live in this world. So you can see why they're our favorite nut company. So much so that we are including a bag in our December boxes. In fact, I cannot keep my hands out of the bag of the chai spice flavor. Isidore Nut Company is proud to be an all-abilities employer and they source all of their delicious, organic, and non-GMO ingredients sustainably. Those are just some of the small ways they're changing the world one bag of delicious roasted nuts at a time. Learn more at isadorenutco.com. Feminist Book Club listeners can get 20% off of any order over $45 with the code FBC20 at isadorenutco.com. In Send Her Back and Other Stories, Munashe Kaseke offers an awfully intimate, fresh telling of the immigrant Black woman experience in the United States, equally awash with a myriad of challenges as well as the joys of exploring a new world. With sumptuous candor, her complicated, often tangled female Zimbabwean protagonists navigate issues of identity, microaggressions, and sexism in vibrant and indelible settings, and at times, a tense political climate in the U.S. Yet again, these are not only stories of overcoming, they're also marked by characters who've risen to the top of their professional fields, seized the American dream, and who traveled the world in glee. Kaseke peels back on the inner wranglings of characters caught between two worlds, be it by stories of dating outside one's culture and race, or failing to assimilate upon returning home after spending time abroad. Uncanny, hilarious, witty, gripping, send her back and other stories dazzles, leaving you newly awakened to the world we live in. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Feminist Book Club, the podcast. Want to be part of the club? Here's how you can join us. Obviously, subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for Brownie Points. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. A well-read woman is a dangerous creature, creature.